All right. Well, say hello to our uh, guests or our listeners this evening, and uh, let them know what your website is. I've got water boiling, and I want to go get my tea, okay? Yeah. Yeah, you can catch uh, me at Alan Watt at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And uh, uh, there are different programs and shows which you can download for free, uh, audio shows and one video. And um, you can do it both on landline and on high speed. It takes longer on the landline. Some people have uh, downloaded it on the landlines without any problems at all. And Jason, the webmaster, has made it pretty simple, um, which people like me really need, actually, in order to, to, to find out how to download the stuff. But it's up there. There'll be more added to it shortly, uh, including some CDs which are coming out, a whole, a whole series of them. Um, I also have three books for sale, uh, which are called uh, Cutting Through. And these books, one, two, and three, uh, go into uh, the occult, uh, hidden societies behind uh, rulerships and and. Uh, kingdoms and governments and so on down through the ages up until the present time and I, I give you a lot of Masonic and high Masonic coding uh, contained within them and then the, the third one I go into the monetary connection between the, the, the system we live in uh, which is called civilization we've always had money at the beginning of what they call civilization or the system uh, which basically dictates the way we live, uh, how we live, uh, who will live better than whom, and how wars are created and made and so on from uh, thousands of years B.C. up until the present. It really hasn't changed in its structure, its intentions, or its methodology. Uh, so you can order those books, um, and you'll see again the address on the website uh, to order them from. I don't know if Jackie's back yet or not. Uh, I guess not. Yeah. You're back, eh? I'm back. This is this is live. This is live radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, I think we've got a delay going on here or something. Really? Oh. Well, yeah, because you're you're not responding as quickly. Oh. And then I keep wondering if I've lost you. Uh huh. No, unless yeah. unless maybe the the, the secret service is trying out a different computer that I'm going through first. Yeah, so they right. can, yeah, you never know. Right. Um, did you tell them, because I was in the kitchen, uh-huh. and couldn't hear what you were saying, did you tell them about being on George Norrie? No, no. No, I was asked to no. go on the, 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 the George Norrie show by the producer, and uh, I've accepted. We'll see if it still goes ahead. If it does, it will be on the, the overnight of the 10th and the 11th um, of this month. Uh, and I don't know how long it's on for either. I don't know if it's an hour or more. Um, and this happened after I was on uh, the Roly James show uh, for three hours. So I, I guess the word got round. And um, we'll see how, how, how the next one goes. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Hello? I guess Jackie's gone for her tea again. Well, wow, what was that? What was that sound there? What was what? It was like a... Clash? Yeah, it was a clashing uh, electronic sound. I thought that was... I thought that was... At your place? No. It was a D D D D D. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it I guess. Like uh huh. No, to me it sounded like some sort of electronic pulsation or something. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, on the George Norrie thing, Yeah. 
And if uh, you're on schedule to be on 2, p- uh, 2 a.m. Eastern time, right, Alan? I think it's, I think it is, yeah. Yeah. Well, you said 11 Pacific, so uh-huh. that would be 2, 2 a.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're not sure. So, folks, mm-hmm. this is really amazing. The fact that he was on the Rolly James show.
that it was ABC, one of the networks. One of the news networks thought about, I've got it on video. They had a three or four minute thing on mm-hmm. them trails. Yeah. Of course, they were calling them contrails. Mm-hmm. And they were even showing them what they looked like from the satellite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they showed X's in the sky. Uh-huh. And they said, they said that uh, these were uh, from jet, uh, <laughs> from commercial jet airplanes. Mm-hmm. And that they were very concerned that this might be part of the cause of global warming. Yeah, they said it was contrail clutter. Yeah. They, they said it was contrails, yes. Yeah, and they called it clutter, yeah. That's right. Contrail clutter, mm-hmm. yeah. Contrails that didn't dissipate, right? Yep. And I wonder how many people uh, who weren't aware of what a quote contrail is uh-huh. looked at that and said, wait a minute, that's not a contrail. Contrails don't last. Yep. Contrails dissipate almost as fast as the airplane mm-hmm. Yeah. But everything's new in the new world order. Yeah. We have we have a new world order and we have a new freedom and we have new new contrails, you see. Everything's new. <laughs> yeah. Well, and new uh hurricane weather patterns. That's right. And tornadoes. And yet every one of these things, uh, this is the beauty of uh, very high-tech manipulation. The beauty of it is that as long as they don't admit they're using uh, very high sciences, even though they admit they they have these abilities and and installations to do so, um, as long as they don't admit they're actually using them, they can never, ever get to the the, the absolute proof, except they're probably see by our own reason, you know. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. So every, everything, yeah, everything in other words that we see. And I, I had written it down. Uh-huh. Put this on another page here. Um, when you had a visitor, one of our friends here from Pennsylvania, and you mentioned, you mentioned in the winter time there, uh, it happened last winter, and evidently this winter too that. Uh, after the snow melted, there was this yeah. uh, white haze all over the ground. Yeah. And he had it, uh, he took a sample of it and had it uh, analyzed. Mm-hmm. And what were the metals that they found in that thing, Alan? Uh, barium, there was barium, uh, there was aluminum oxide, uh, copper, uh, titanium, and some other metallic substances. But this laboratory didn't have the facilities to do a biological check on it. But uh, at least we've got all the metals there. But uh, yeah, the whole field, once the, the last snow melts for a few days, you have maybe four or five inches of, it's like a, a tiny interwoven cobwebs. That's what it looks like. It's like a candy floss all over the field. And um, uh, it, once the sun works in it for four or five days, then it crumbles into a powder, which lasts for quite a while. But that was the time of year when, where my dog died. Um, other people I know, uh, uh, the, the, their cats and dogs were getting sick as well, vomiting and so on. And I think it was from basically eating the snow. See, that's the last of the concentrated spring for the whole winter. That's maybe four months, five months of snow, of spring, all in that snow, you see. Yeah. Alan? Mm-hmm. Remember that Tessie died just prior to Maggie? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She had a sudden heart attack. Mm-hmm. She had no sign of any illness whatsoever. But when you mentioned snow, mm-hmm. she'd go out there and she looked just like a... A machine. Uh-huh. She put her put her mouth in the snow and just eat her way through it. Uh-huh. And it never uh, occurred to me that you just said that 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 might have because Mariah would go. Mariah didn't eat, so she rolled in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. She rolled in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then they like their fur, they like their paws, you know. They and it was in February, right around the first of February. Mm-hmm. And Megan died. Yeah. What, about a month later or before that? That was um, March. Yeah, March. Yeah, end of March, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you literally have uh, you literally have four months of spraying all condensed into that thin little layer, you see. That's a lot of chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's what's left at the end is this polymer type uh, of uh, 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 sponge almost and then it, it crumbles into a white powder and even the leaves it rests upon turn pure white with it you know that's a lot of chemicals you know. that's what we're being doused with yes. and this falls right along with the the, the harp technology because uh, in harp they, they mentioned many many years ago that they could use harp on a, a more sophisticated level if they could douse the atmosphere with metallic particles to cause it to be a good uh, electrical conduit but we're also taking this stuff in we're breathing it in we're eating it from the food it's in the water so we also are becoming walking antennas and surely none of this can be a byproduct, a, co a coincidence of it all. And perhaps that's that their intention. Some time ago, remember I told you about reading mm -hmm. about that is it deep? Uh, and the uh, flyer I got on it, uh -huh. it's it, it, some type of an amino acid, I think. And the flyer that the FDA has acknowledged that you to cleanse the body of heavy metal. Oh, yeah. Toxins, mm -hmm. heavy metal, mm -hmm. uh, but not, you know, the, how well it does with cleaning out the arteries. That's the point they were making. Mm -hmm. But I, at that point, I remember saying that, and I thought about it again when you were giving me that list of metals. Mm -hmm. We need to check out this and see if it, I think it is, see, uh, see if it really will help to, to flush that from the body, Alan. Yeah. Don't you think it's worth looking into? Oh, sure. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure the elite themselves must have some very sophisticated methods of ridding it from themselves. Uh, they must be doing it, yeah. Yeah, because they're out and about, aren't they? Mm hmm Yeah, I'm sure that they do. Uh, whatever the public have access to on a medical level is always antique, really. And they're always so far ahead that they're near the top. Uh, they must have very sophisticated methods of, of ridding this from their body. Um, uh -huh. And we know that they do get inoculation, the real inoculations against many of the hybrid uh, 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 designed bacteriums and viruses from, from germ warfare labs. They do get inoculations against all of these high diseases. So they, they would also get yeah. some sort of high chelation type therapy, yeah. And that's what the ED is, is chelation therapy. Mm hmm Oh, chelation therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a dangerous world we're living in. It's always been rather dangerous in this system, but it's getting um, more overt now. We can see the effects. We can look at the skies and actually see this stuff coming down. Well, one, I think it was last winter, when it's cold, the polymer... The stuff that causes the rainbow effects around the sun when they're spraying heavily. You'll find the polymer it, when it's really cold weather sometimes come down, it comes down in clumps. And I saw one about the side with six feet long tumbling through the sky slowly. And then it hit a tree and then gradually started to dissolve. And so that's what they used to call angel hair back in the 60s when they were experimenting with this stuff on the public. And, of course, the diversion the CIA put out was, oh, there's always UFOs in the vicinity when this stuff is coming down, this angel here. Uh, but really, they were testing it themselves on the public, and, and then no doubt they knew what the results would be by following uh, the medical records of local areas, you know. Yeah. We are the... Yeah, that, that what it sounds like to me is that ethylfibromide. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember I told you I had... That was in 98 when I received that email. Uh -huh. I said it's confirmed that there's in, in the chemtrail. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's many substances. And, and again, I'd love to get a biological uh, test done on this stuff to see if there's viruses. Because I know back in the 1950s, when I think it was Hellier that created the, uh, he created the, the H-bomb, uh, he first suggested using this type of spray for the for uh, electromagnetic pulse purposes, the harp uh, purpose, and he also um, 
said that the polymer that they could mix it with could also be used to carry bacterium or viruses across vast areas in warfare, wartime. So I'd love to get a sample done on a biological level. Yeah. When I got the uh, manufacturer safety data on the echofibromide, mm -hmm. it did say that it freezes at about 50 degrees. Oh, yeah. And yep. it just stays in the sun. Uh -huh. And when I called that lab, uh, the, uh, the gentleman, they put me in touch with the guy that actually did the analysis. Mm -hmm. And he said, I can't give you the results because somebody, a private individual, had the sampling done. Uh -huh the analysis, but he said, I will tell you this one thing, there's no more than 10% heat in this sample. Yeah. And uh, the FDA, <coughs> around 80s, I think, mm -hmm. had put out an emergency stoppage on the use of ethyl dibromide. Uh, they were using it, they had used it for about a decade as pesticides. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I got a lot of information from Texas, the Texas Department of Environmental Protection. Mm -hmm. Uh, because they were the ones that really uh, began to w want to know what the safety of this stuff. And they were spraying it on dried corns and grains and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's, they were using it as a pesticide. Yeah. And all the tests that had been done on it was the company that manufactured the eat, And they kept saying it was safe. Yeah. And so after a decade, then the, the each day uh, puts out a... Without emergency stopped usage, there is no safe level mm -hmm. of ethyl dibromide. Yeah. And according to this guy at the lab in, in, in Ohio that I spoke with, he said there there was no more than 10% mm -hmm. in that sample that he analyzed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 one of our listeners in, I believe it was Arkansas, called me just before I went on the air. Uh, the one day, uh, that's when I was on at 6 p.m., and he said they're, they're, uh, they've been spraying. And he said, Jackie, this stuff is hanging off the tree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he grabbed a, a film canister and went out and got a sample of it. Mm -hmm. And he was holding it. I told him, you know, put a mask on and gloves. And he went out to get a sample. And he got back on the phone. And he was describing it to me. Like you said, it looked like, <coughs> excuse me, uh, it was lacy. Uh -huh. Like, Angel hair? It's, it's just like, uh, it the... mm. huh? it's, it's like that, uh, candy cane. You know, that, that stuff, yeah. yeah. It's like candy You're cane. About, uh, cotton candy. Cotton candy. Like, in, in Britain, you call it candy floss, you know. But that, okay. that's the stuff, uh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. As he was watching it, it was dissipated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I suggested that he get it in the freezer right away. Mm -hmm. And he did. And it stopped, you know, it stopped. The melting, dissipating. Uh -huh. Do you know that I don't really know what came of that? Mm -hmm. uh, and we were in touch off and on, and I don't know if he was able to find a lab that would do an analysis on it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But that's, that's a very bad stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, that stuff you're describing is what he described, Alan. Yeah, I know. Lots is happening all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is... This is uh, all kept quiet by the regular media, and uh, anyone who can trust the regular media when this is happening above your heads every day, I mean, why would you expect any truth from them? Uh, and to be honest, I think this is the number one crisis we have to face at uh, the moment. This uh, secrecy around what's happening above our heads is terribly ominous. It, it, they know it, it's uh, detrimental to our health. They know they can't uh, tell the public what it is or why they're doing it. And uh, but and yet it's a priority, obviously, for doing so. Um, I think this is the number one thing that we have to, to really get out into the open because until this stop, uh, stops, I don't think people are going to survive too long with all the infections they're getting. Um, it's probably affecting their mind as well. We know that Alzheimer's patients have large quantities of aluminum oxide in their brain tissue and this stuff that they're spraying... Aluminum oxide or aluminum? It's aluminum. Uh, all, all types and traces of aluminum are detrimental in, in, the, in, the, in the brain. And unfortunately, that's where it seems to be taken up to and it gets deposited. So it could certainly affect 
quantities of aerosolized Prozac and Valium to spray over entire cities uh, if there's another crisis in, in order to calm the people. It, it makes perfect sense as we go through these big changes that they go through, and they are of a global uh, change, basically, the changes that they go through. It makes perfect sense they'd want to drug the populace as we go through them and bring us out into complete new, completely new way of living. So I wouldn't put anything past them. That uh, stuff I was talking about isn't EDT at these days. Oh, yeah. And I would think that maybe one of our wonderful Internet listeners might have time to do some real research on that mm-hmm. uh, to find out about it. We're, we're going to be doing a break here in about 15 seconds, and um, then we'll be back after this. Folks, don't go away. We'll be back with Alan Wyatt. Okay. Uh, I, I did this before, but it's just one paragraph, and I want to read this for our listeners. Maybe somebody will check into this and get back with me. It, it, they're talking about the chelation therapy, of course, for the arteries, mm-hmm. it, because it removes the calcium plaque. Uh, but it says, um, in the days after World War II, men who worked in battery factories or painted ships with lead-based paint began coming down with lead poisoning from their high exposure in these jobs. A safe, harmless chemical called EDTA was found to be extremely effective for removing the lead from the men's bodies, an effective cure for lead poisoning. But something else happened to many of the men who were treated with EDTA. They enjoyed an apparent reduction in symptoms of heart disease. And they explain this is uh, ethylene, diamine, Tetracetic acid, it's an amino acid. It says it was synthesized in Germany in 1935 and first patented in the U.S. in 1941. And it, so I, I don't know why I haven't taken the time to do this, and I haven't. I guess I was hoping one of our listeners would do it. Anyway, that's what it is. Either oral or they they do it by injection too. Uh-huh. But I guess the injection is very very expensive, mm-hmm. and the oral chelation therapy, taking it orally, is a lot less expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yep. wanted that. And Darren asked me. Uh, remember, we were talking earlier today about that Doctor Doom. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Eric Pianca is his name, and. Um, mm-hmm. He was doing a talk. This was in March. Uh, Darren said he talked about this on the air yesterday, uh-huh. last night. Yeah. And um, the guy, this was the, the 5th of March that he did this speech when he said that 90% of the uh, population had to be eliminated. And he said that airborne Ebola would be the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. But Darren wanted me to clean up something because... On this guy's website, there was a very extensive, uh, uh, what do you call it, when somebody dies? Obituary? Is it obituary? Obituary? Yeah, the obituary. Uh Well, he had evidently written it himself, but at the top of it, it says, not dead yet. So this was a long background on this man and all that he's done and accomplished. He's got a herd of bulls or cows. Mm-hmm. And his main bull's name is Lucifer Allen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darren wanted me to clean that up and let, it, let the listeners know that because he thought because he was looking at, a, at that obituary, the guy was dead. He's not. Uh-huh. He did that on the 5th of March, and he's recommending airborne Ebola. Yeah. What, was he speaking at some meeting or something yeah, public? Yeah, it was the... Uh, it was in Texas, Beaumont, Texas, at Lamar University, uh-huh. and it was the Texas Academy of Science. Oh, okay. And the guy who has exposed him was a member of the, according to, his name is Mim, uh-huh. Forrest Mim, uh-huh. and he said that he was uh, he was an asso- associated or a member of the Texas Academy of Science and in their ecology department or something. Uh-huh. And he said the thing that really perked uh, him up was just before this Bianca came up to the mic, uh, somebody went over to the guy that was videotaping all the 
speakers, mm-hmm. and they had a, and the guy that had the video camera, I guess he, you know, pointed it up in the air and walked away in a huff uh-huh. because they didn't videotape the speech. Mm-hmm. But the guy, anyway, that reported on it, now, we don't know if this whole thing is a hoax, but mm-hmm. there is a website on this guy. you know, for these accusations to be made mm-hmm. and not be true, the guy that made him could probably get himself in a real jam. Yeah. Because he wrote it. Mm-hmm. Airborne Ebola. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they don't even need this guy because, I mean, the big boys have published enough on it themselves. You know, they've, they've published this uh, over and over and over about vastly reducing the population of the world to a more suitable size um, for their for their new humanity <laughs> uh, so it doesn't really matter about what this guy Jack Cousteau said the same thing himself you know the, well, I guess because it's so recent yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah it'd be worthwhile if someone could check it and verify this did happen at this place in Texas and, and uh, allegedly the guy got a standing ovation uh-huh yeah when he was done well, actually, what the, the signs and symptoms of the Spanish flu uh, that, that happened in World War One um, are very similar to Ebola in some respects, because towards the end they did hemorrhage from the eyes and so on. So, which makes you think that probably the Ebola was a, a the Spanish flu was a hybrid itself, a specially made one, and I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I've read different accounts of this, mm-hmm. but I've read accounts that they said at least 50 million people died mm-hmm. of the Spanish flu. Yeah. Yeah, they do, they do say that yeah. it killed more than all the participants who died in the world in that First World War. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But 50 million isn't enough for them, is it, Alan? No, they have their ideal society all figured out by statistics and so on. And they don't need uh, all the people they have today in a post-industrial uh, and post-technological society. They don't need it all the, the, the useless leaders, basically. And, and that's how the elite see the people. They see the, the people down below as being there to serve their needs. But when they no longer need those people, they have no qualms in getting rid of them. Um, and, and this has been in the, the works for an awful long time. I don't know if you ever saw the, the movie Metropolis the old movie it was an old, an old, an old silent movie in fact about uh, the, the creation of new types of, of robots or cyborgs to take over the labor and in the, in, right in there the scientist who creates them says that we no, 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 we no longer need the workers they're, they're, they're now redundant they're obsolete and that's that's basically what, how they see society today we're obsolete they, they no longer need us they have China to supply all the needs for the for the for the elite uh, for centuries to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember reading about a very plush getaway that they've created in China uh-huh. for the elite. I guess Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, spends a lot of time there. Yeah. It's a whole complex for them with all the comforts you know, that the elite expect and want uh-huh. with their entertainment and their fine dining and mm-hmm. places stay and stuff like that in China. Yeah. Yeah. yeah these guys are internationalists, you see. Even though they rule countries or, or have helped rule or create the destinies of countries, they themselves have always been international. Uh, and so they don't care which country they make their base for any particular generation um, so they have no problems in moving to China or wherever uh, wherever else is needed yeah. they have no, no affinity to the people you see well as you pointed out a long time ago none of the rulers of any of the countries well maybe England I don't know but they, they, they weren't the same nationality 
as the people they were ruling. That's right. I mean, the, the Normans came into to England in the 11th century, and they've interbred amongst themselves ever since, and with their relatives in other European countries, but they've never interbred with the ordinary people. So they've never seen themselves really as belonging to those people to, to whom they rule over. And that's no different from the, the Kissinger types who, who came in from Germany. Oh, he was already an internationalist, uh, an elite category in his ideology. And, uh, and they're all the same at the top, really. And, and the hope of all the workers beneath them who help them, uh, the, the, the lower members of the CFR, etc., is to one day to get accepted to be up amongst this international elite. Uh, most of them have got a fat chance to get in there, mind you, but they'll, they'll grovel and do what they're told in the hope that they may also get um, up there. But the, the, the guys towards the top, uh, in fact, they have hardly any empathy or, or affinity to humankind in general, let's be honest about it. And Mr. Kissinger, when he was in office with Nixon, and put through that bill that declared that... Um, uh, the, the greatest enemy to the state was overpopulation and then they put that massive funding towards ways of vastly reducing the populations by all means possible so that's the kind of characters we're dealing with here you know yes. and now these guys are in power they belong to the top associations in the world they have the power to implement what they want they tell us what they want and we better take them seriously when they say these things they mean it. They're not guessing or putting out a wish list, you know. Ten years ago, reading about it, mm -hmm. I didn't disbelieve it. Yeah. But it, it, it's beyond the realm of, of your comprehension to really get it. Uh -huh. And then when you see what is happening today, we realize we're living in it. That's right. That The average person... Right mm -hmm. The average person you see... Uh, we only make excuses for them. We actually make excuses because we cannot believe that they mean what they say. Because I wouldn't do that and you wouldn't do that, so therefore they couldn't do it, they wouldn't do that. That's how we think, you see. But we're dealing with different creatures here. They, they're psychopathic in nature. Um, they're interbred with long lineages of psychopaths. And they have no empathy for the public. They believe in audacity, being, that's the whole uh, terminology of knighthood, um, which they all belong to these uh, knightly uh, Masonic associations. Uh, a knight is bold uh, and audacious. He, he does things which are outside the, the norms of normal morality or rules. They break all the rules, and that's also the... That's the definition of a psychopath as well. They break all the social norms and, and don't uh, fret about it, you know. Yeah. Hello? I'm here, I'm listening and I'm thinking. Yeah? Um, I, I've not seen their subject on it. Mm-hmm. I wondered, I had received that email and this wasn't an email saying, you're so full of it, or, you know, you're going to go to hell, or like that. But this uh, mail is from a guy who's been at the website. I don't know if he's listening. I don't know if he's listening to any of the broadcasts yet, uh -huh. but I did email him today and, and encouraged him, you know, to tune in and listen. And one of his questions, and I, I know that you've said this before, but it doesn't hurt to read some of these things. He was asking about Revelation. Uh -huh. And he says, if Revelation has already come, ask, well, what has Jesus got in store for us? Uh -huh. And I wonder if you would uh, share with our listeners once again what you mentioned about Revelation and comment on that question. Well, Revelations is a... I mean, I generally never get sidetracked by the, the, the ones who do this deliberately to sidetrack you. And they, they are out there, you know. I don't... You know, but... I but, uh, but uh, I think he may have been, because I think, I think the website, uh, our website got the same message. But um, Revelations has 
meanings on different levels, and it takes too long to explain them all. Uh, it's a mystic, uh, Gnostic interpretation. It's a brotherhood interpretation. That's why it's written in mystical language. But uh, uh, Armageddon happened uh, about A.D. 70 or 72, uh, when the Romans took the last uh, castle on um, on the mountain. Uh, and, of course, that was in the, the, uh, over the plains of Megiddo. The mountain in Hebrew is called Har, so it's Har Megiddo, Har Megiddon. That's what that meant. That's what it was all written about at that time. But the rest of it, uh, yeah. And, and so they can always uh, resuscitate it and bring it back to life because you can use revelations over and over for any generation if you make the, the sequences happen and, and the right events happen. And, of course, in a higher level, it's all the zodiacal uh, time cycle. And the people who want to understand the zodiac should get the third book of cutting through because I go through into the uh, the esoteric interpretations of, of uh, revelations, which has nothing to do with what people think it has. Um, the exoteric is simply taught to obedient Christians so that they'll make they'll think that everything is inevitable and that it's God's will. Um, this is one of the oldest tricks in the book is to make you think, well, it's preordained, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, and in fact, if you try and stop it, you're fighting God himself. You know? That's the greatest form of psychological warfare ever devised, and that technique is ancient. That's why they used to use the oracles, the priesthoods ran the, the oracles at Delphi and other places. And when the oracle spoke, then you better do what you're told, because if not, you were going against the God's will. So it's all preordained, and they love to teach you everything's preordained. You can't change anything. Uh, what a beautiful weapon against the public, you know, not to try to, to change things. Accept your in destiny. Your one, yeah. In your book one, did you uh, talk about the international priesthood? Yeah, I, I talked how, how ancient it was and how it always been here, yeah. And I, I know that they didn't, uh, I know that they didn't just dream up this system beginning with Sumer about 5000 or 6000 BC. Uh, these right. techniques came from much earlier times. There's been many, many civilizations prior to that. Yeah. And if they have been in control, as it appears they have, you know, after you told us about that, the international priesthood, mm -hmm. uh, things that I've read, so many things that I've read of ancient history, they mention the priesthood. Mm -hmm. and But they just mention it in passing. Yeah. And these are things that I had read before that once I reread them, mm -hmm. that's what jumps out at me. Yeah. The priesthood is always mentioned, Alan. Yes. And the priesthood was all powerful. Always. Uh, yeah. They were they they were the ones ruling the kings, ruling the pharaohs. Mm -hmm. yeah, if, yeah. They, if they have had that control, mm -hmm. as it certainly appears now mm -hmm. uh, that they have all through down through the ages, yeah. they're the ones that were in control of the writing. Yeah. Uh, the you know the the legal the system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we know in Sumer they had so many different specialized priesthoods. Today we'd call them basically uh, categories of uh, bureaucrats, really, because they had lawyer priesthoods that dealt with real estate and, and land. Uh, other ones dealt with the, the trading that went in and out of Sumer. Um, they, they had a priesthood for everything you can imagine, specializing in a, a, a different areas. And they also were, were responsible for uh, mating up kings and queens, so they were into eugenics back then, too. Um, uh, so, yeah, the, the priesthoods were always in charge. They also decided who the pharaohs would see as ambassadors and, and who wouldn't get in to see the pharaoh. So they had tremendous power, yeah. There was one pharaoh in Egypt who realized that he was almost a bird in a, a gilded cage, and he caught on to the fact that certain envoys were being turned away by the priests and they never got to see them. And he found out by, by yelling to some of them out of his window. And one day he jumped out the window trying to get away. 
and he was caught and, and brought back by the priests. Who was that? Oh, I've got his name somewhere tucked away in my computer brain somewhere. Okay. Yeah, but... Uh, I told us once mm -hmm. about the one... Uh, Yeah, one of the important things 
if we could get it, is that religions were made by man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All religions, including Christianity. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. nowhere in the Bible. Uh, and, of course, we know there's 50-some versions of the, the Bible, but even in the one King James that so many people believe is the mm-hmm. Word of God, yeah. there's no place in there where Jesus said he was coming here to start a religion. He said he was coming to bear witness unto the truth. The truth, yeah. He, you know, that's what they attribute that mm-hmm. his words. Mm-hmm. And that's the best you could do in this world because you won't get much further than trying to get the truth out. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Those that control religions will like, take over. Yeah. Right, so many people seem to miss that. Mm-hmm. As you said, I came here for one reason. Mm-hmm. into this world and that is to bear witness unto the truth mm-hmm. and it, it's almost like you can see back then same thing that's going on today and mm-hmm. here's an individual who is trying to help the people mm-hmm. to uh, get, break their, pr- their prison chains from their minds Yeah, and then the establishment takes it over and uses the truth to imprison the people. Yeah. Yeah. That's always been the way. Yeah. It's always been the way. It's no different today. You you say the truth. Many small people say the truth, and once enough are saying it, then they give you a superstar to take all those truths you are saying, get to the top, get well known, and then start spinning the truth off in a different. uh, uh, direction and renders renders it harmless.